0: Hello everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 168 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here and I hope you're running hot. Here we get Ace of Hearts, Queen of Diamonds deep in a $3500 buy-in World Poker Tour event. We're facing a good tight aggressive kid raising from from the low jack seat to 10,000 at 2500 5000 out of his 80,000 stack. We have a player in the cutoff calling, who I have no notes on, and then I'm in the big blind with about 150,000. So the cutoff also has that amount. With ace-queen offsuit here, I think we can go either way between calling or three-betting. I don't think either is particularly great, or both are equally great. If you have a generally aggressive image, and especially if you think you can re-raise and get it all in for um, 40 big blinds against the good, tight, aggressive kid in the, the low jack seat... I think we might as well go ahead and re-raise and get the money in. But typically in these tournaments, there's often a decent amount of weak players in the field. And for that reason, I typically try to avoid high variance spots. But clearly Ace-Queen's a good hand and certainly good enough to 3-bet. And if I want to have a lot of 3-bet bluffs in my range, which may be the case or may not be the case, depending on what I think of the initial opener, um, this hand would certainly fit in a value range. But anyway, I'm going to call here a lot of the time, I think. Closing the action in the big blind, I'm a pretty big fan of calling with a lot of stuff and concealing my range, but I could see three-betting being fine. All right, we get a good flop. Queen, five, four. It goes check, check, check. It's kind of a bummer. I'm probably gonna be betting on most turns, and we do get a reasonable turn, a six. So now I bet 18,000 into the 38,000 pot, which I think is fine. I think the good, tight, aggressive kid's gonna call us when he has... Any queen that checked back, so if he checked back king-queen, queen-jack, queen-ten, queen-nine suited, he's going to call. If he has something like pocket jacks, he's probably going to call. It is a little bit dicey. I'm trying to sit here and think if I had pocket jacks in his shoes and I checked back the flop, would I call on the six of diamonds turn? So um, the turn puts up a backdoor flush draw. This is clearly a good board for the big blind because the big blind should be calling with lots of marginal stuff. And when there's three low cards on the board, those connect well with a lot of marginal hands. So... I could certainly have lots of two pairs here and I could have the straight clearly but I would also bet here with a flush draw and I may bet with hands like 9-8 or 9-7 or I don't know ten seven. like a lot of a lot of various draws I think I would probably find a bet here so I do bet good tight aggressive kid calls and the cutoff folds we go to the river and it is a three so not really the card I wanted to see Because now the board is queen, six, five, four, three, right? And when there's four to straight on the board, it's going to be pretty hard to get paid. Pot's currently 75,000, and our opponent has 60,000 left. Is our hand good enough to value bet? That's the question. I have been messing around with going for somewhat thin value a little bit more often recently. And it's definitely a good strategy if your opponent's going to check back with all of the Decent, but worse made hands. So will your opponent value bet king-queen, queen-jack, queen-ten, queen-nine suited, or pocket jacks when you check the river? I think the answer is definitely not, right? But if he has those hands, he's almost certainly going to call. Maybe not with the jacks. And if we can get our opponent to call on the spot with those hands, and clearly we're just doing great. Um, Also, you have to ask, am I actually afraid of getting raised? And if we get raised here, do I have an easy fold? And I think I do have an easy fold if I get raised. Because... When I bet 27,000, as I do, and my opponent has 61,000 behind, if he shoves for 30,000 on top, it just must be a good hand, right? Because he has to expect me to call a lot of the time. Um, This is also a bet I would certainly make if I had a seven, because if you you shove the river here, your opponent may actually find a fold with hands like king-queen for all of his money, but for half of his money, maybe he'll find a hero call. So the real question here is, am I ever bluffing here? And I don't know. I mean, if we're being honest, I'm probably just shoving with my... Um, with my bluffs, probably almost all of them. So clearly I'm incredibly exploitable here. Because if I do go all in, I am expecting the opponent to fold a lot. If I'm expecting the opponent to fold a lot, well then I just want to load up my range with bluffs. So if I was trying to play this against one of the best players, like last last week's episode we were against Fedor, against him, I would probably shove with most of my hands, or maybe I would actually bet small with most of my hands. Because when they can have a 7, you typically don't want to be bluffing all in. But again, given this player's a more tight, aggressive player raising from the low jack seed, he probably doesn't have too many sevens. So it's an interesting scenario where you have to figure out on the river how balanced you want to be. And against players who you have some sort of a read on for their river tendencies, which I think a lot of people assume they have a good read on their opponent, but in reality, they're just purely guessing. Like I say, okay, the opponent's a good, tight, aggressive kid. What's he going to do against a shove on the river? Your answer should not be, oh, he's going to fold every time if you shove. Because you don't know that. You don't know what this guy does on the river. The answer should basically be, I don't know. <laughs> because I don't know. We don't know who this guy is. This guy may be a huge calling station on the river. He may be a super nit on the river. It's difficult to know. But in general, if you told me this was a good, tight, aggressive kid, I'm probably going to assume he's going to fold to a shove on the river. Therefore, if I'm going for value, I just want to go all small. But if this guy knows this about me, well, then his strategy is easy, right? He just folds to a small bet and calls the big bet all day, and it's easy game. So... This is a tricky spot. I don't know what the right play is. But with these mar- medium strength hands, I definitely think you need to be bluffing. I'm sorry. You need to be value betting with these medium strength hands for a smaller sizing. And if we are going to be value betting here, we need to have some number of bluffs. So we got to figure out which ones those are and add those to the range. So let's see if we get called. Thin, thin value bet though. I imagine we're probably good like 58% of the time we get called here. Maybe a little bit less. I don't even know. So we do get called by worse hand, and clearly that is great. So um, a fun hand. Usually you can't get much value with top pair on a four straight board, but this is one of these rare examples where when it runs off like this and our opponent almost certainly has a marginal made hand that does not include a seven because if you think about our opponent's range, he's going to bet a lot of sevens on the flop, right? Like if he has, I mean, what even sevens could he have? If he has eight seven, he's probably going to bet. If he has seven six, he's probably going to bet. If he has a seven, maybe he checks, but he probably doesn't even open a seven unless it's suited, and I block one of those. So the opponent just doesn't have very many straights, and when they don't have very many straights, well, this becomes a value bet. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have not already, go check out my newest book, Mastering Small Stakes, No Limit Hold'em. It is about 500 pages, maybe 480 pages, and it has 237 in-depth range charts. So we go through situations like this using the the float-the-turn range analyzer to figure out exactly how often the opponents do have a better hand and if we should be value betting here because you definitely want to do work away from the table, and I've done a ton of it for you in mastering small stakes, no limit hold'em so that you can roughly have an idea of what to do in these spots. And I also teach how you can go through and analyze these spots yourself so that you don't have to guess about what you can do. You should, you can go there and actually look it up. So anyway, you can check it out at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash mastering. Um, That's gonna be it for this episode. Good luck in your games. Hope you win all the money and I will talk to you next time.